and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dolman. Today, I am once again joined by our county administrator, Scott Stevens, for our first In the Office podcast in a long time. (laughs) It's hard to to know. It's been a year and a half almost of doing these in person. It's sort of strange being across the table from you instead of looking at you on a screen. That's right. But but a nice change. So glad to be back. It is. And there's a new office. So my studio has changed. Um, It has. It has. And so the camera guys came in and we've got it all set up. Fantastic. Let's... Takes us all to put it together, but it's a, it's a nice change. And again, really, I'm glad to be back in person. Well, good. Me too. Okay. What you got? You have a lot of notes there. Um, You know, I guess I do want to mention it is summer. I hope everybody had a great 4th of July. It didn't feel like summer till late June, but late June <laughs> sort of reminded us that summer is here and back to some humidity. And quite frankly, I personally am okay with that. But I know for some, they have to suffer through that. Just a reminder of hurricane season, right? We mm-hmm. go until November. We're all supposed to be take care of our families and ourselves for a three to seven day time period. Nothing on the horizon today, but as that changes or if that changes, mm-hmm. we'll let the community know. Just want to uh, remind people to be getting ready before we get into some kind of uh, storm headed our way. Um, you know, from my standpoint, it is nice to see people back out in the community. I know uh, the COVID restrictions are lift- lifting. We're all still to be cautious, but fully vaccinated people are, are advised that they can basically go about life as normal or pretty close. And um, like I said, I think the community and, and people seem to be responding to that very well. At least my impressions of seeing people out, I think many share that same um, gladness or happiness or whatever to be back out and moving. I think that really is good for all of us. Um, I do want to mention the chamber did their annual business awards and prescription shop here in James City County received their early stage small business of the year award. And that's for newer established businesses. And they have been a great community partner. I just want to congratulate them on receiving that recognition from the chamber. Um, as a move into some of the board of supervisors meetings, the last meeting the, or the meetings we haven't talked about was their June 8th meeting. Happened to be a fairly short meeting, which was nice for a change. They had a rather lengthy one at the end of May. Uh, they did defer the cable franchise or extend the cable franchise agreement for a month. So we will talk more about that in a minute in an upcoming mm-hmm. July meeting. And I'll have some comments this morning or today to share with you uh, about that. They had two public hearings. One was on a reorganization of the Colonial Juvenile Services Commission. Um, no speakers to that. And so that they approved. And then they also held a public hearing on the acceptance of the CARES funds that we received a year ago and of the American Rescue Plan funds that we are currently receiving uh, related to the COVID uh, pandemic. So nobody spoke about that public that public hearing either. So the board has uh, accepted both of those. They had a number of board appointments at that meeting uh, with the Colonial Group Home Commission, the Economic Development Authority, and our Board of Zoning Appeals that they approved uh, volunteers to serve. And we continue to thank members of the community that are serving with us on various boards and commissions and would encourage encourage those that are interested to apply. And you can do that through the county's website uh, or call my office at you know 253-6603 and we'll get you to our, our deputy clerk and get you signed up or at least your application in for those boards and commissions if you have an interest. Um, they did do performance evaluations of the the county attorney and myself, and I'll talk more about that and some action they took at their June 22nd meeting. So that really closed out their uh, June 8th meeting, and they moved on to June 22nd, their business meeting. Uh, they had a number of presentations. Their first was a commendation to Tom Tingle, who has served on the EDA, I mm-hmm. think, in excess of 16 years, but a long time in a volunteer position and trying to help the community better its economic development front. And I think uh, uh, Mr. Tingle has been a valuable part of that group and really a good member of the community. And I just wanted to uh, recognize, and the board did, his service to James City County. 
Uh, we had the quarterly update from our Virginia Department of Transportation and Rossi Carroll, our residency administrator. Uh, a lot of good information about the larger projects going from I-64 to Long Hill Road to more things of grass mowing and signal timing, and it gives the board an opportunity to hear what's going on and then to share uh, concerns or ask questions mm -hmm. for areas within their district. And uh, Mr. Carroll has been very good to come to our board and speak with them on a consistent basis. So it was his quarterly report. The Historical Commission uh, has an essay contest, and so they brought their winners in, and so we recognized some area students and awarded uh, first, second, and third place to, to those students for their work, and I want to congratulate them and thank our Historical Commission for that program. And then I had our HR director talk about the James City County telework policy, and uh, for those that don't know, we had a telework policy for social services ahead of COVID, and we were moving to telework for social services. Uh, really because of space. We didn't have enough space in our human services building for all the staff that we needed to provide the services. And by splitting most of our, well, not most, a number of employees' time where they spend a couple days in the office and a couple days at home, and then alternating with some other staff members, we were able to better utilize our space and continue to provide the service. Well, through COVID, we had a pretty big influx of employees that were able to telework, at least on a part-time basis. And the numbers in the three to 400 range that through COVID, we were trying to continue to provide services to our community. Uh, and I think telework became much more expected, quite frankly, across the country and within our region and uh, from our work from our employees as well. So we did want to talk with the board about our policy that will expand telework to those positions within James City County government that it could apply to that can you can't telework if you're a police officer doing patrols that doesn't work right or if you're a firefighter or, or most of our general services staff uh, or many others that are field related positions but we probably have a couple hundred positions that may be able to telework on a limited basis and so what we were talking about with the board is just going forward we see the need to be able to offer that for a variety of reasons but one of those will be able to recruit talent to be able to be competitive as other localities are doing that and we're not, that will be a reason why somebody may choose another locality mm -hmm. over us. And so of all the Hampton Roads localities, all but one or two are offering some version of a telework program going forward. So James City County is going to do that as well. Uh, my commitment to the board, because they were very concerned about public services and the community and residents and businesses being able to get to us. And I would say I share that concern. I heard the Board of Supervisors' concern. My, my expectation is if we have an employee telework and the resident or whoever's calling in or emailing won't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it will be a seamless transition. And I think in most cases, it can be. Technology allows that. We figured that out through COVID. Um, and so we still have those systems in place where we can have people working at home. We do hold them accountable. And there will be a process for departments to evaluate positions that qualify for or don't. And we'll have plenty of our positions that don't qualify. But for those that do, the employee still has to meet some certain criteria of being a good performer and making sure that we're getting uh, our day's worth of work out of that employee. And so that's our commitment. Won't be large scale. It will be a few employees here and there and just be another ability for us to compete for talent uh, across a region that's, uh, at least today, is hard to find uh, some of what you're looking for. Um, in terms of their consent calendar, uh, they appointed another assistant fire marshal, so we're back up to full staff in our uh, fire marshal's office, and they appointed an animal control officer, and again, we still are working on some future appointments there, and that, that continues to be ongoing effort for animal control. Uh, they appropriated 210000 in FEMA reimbursements related to COVID, so we do have some COVID-related expenses that FEMA will pay in addition to some of the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan funding that I'll speak to in a minute. Um, 
they converted a part-time position in Parks and Rec to a full-time position and trying to provide, again, better service. We just felt more demand in Parks and Rec for some of our communications uh, and social media presence. And again, that position is something that the board approved, and so we'll be looking to fill that. We did a contract award for replacing the lighting in the Board of Supervisors meeting room. Uh, that room is used by a lot of boards and commissions. And again, the lighting has gotten old enough that finding parts to replace they're becoming more and more difficult. So we are converting it uh, from an incandescent type lighting system to an LED lighting system. We'll have the ability to brighten it uh, and be better for those of us that are in that room on a regular basis. Um, they had contract amendments uh, following our evaluations for the county administrator and the county attorney. Uh, the basis of that for me, at least the county attorneys didn't expire. My agreement did expire. Uh, the Board of Supervisors um, uh, I guess from where I sit, really humbly offered another five-year contract. And so for me, that was really good news for me. I hope it is for most of the community. Uh, but at any rate, I hope to be around a few more years. And at this point, my contract doesn't have an end date, but it is a five-year contract that then extends year to year beyond that. So I hope to be here a few more years. I've really enjoyed the three years, or two and a half years I've been here, but really looking forward to some future time in James City County as well. We've grown to like you, so it'd be nice <laughs> well, if you stick around. Well, you know, sometimes you're in a position you have to, right? Yeah. But anyhow, I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, like I said, the community has been very uh, welcoming and receptive, and, and I really appreciate that and encourage that contact and feedback as we go forward in time. They also accepted a grant from the Williamsburg Health Foundation for a child health initiative within our social services department. They ended the local state of emergency that we've been under for more than a year now related to COVID. Mm -hmm. And then they approved supplemental funding for some social services, uh, funding for children's services. It was a matching state grant. And so we did appropriate our side of that match so that we could bring in more money to the community to meet the, what seems to have been a growing need this past year. And then the final thing, well, not final, they renamed a portion of a, of a street that what many believed was named West Kingwood Drive to Red Maple Place. It was really a request that it, it's the short, short section uh, that serves the pool, the Kingswood Pool. There was a neighbor that had requested the addressing was confusing. Okay. And one of the neighbors out on, I think, Spring uh, Road had some concerns that he was receiving mail for the from the pool. They had a 111A or B kind of addressing and was just concerned that maybe we couldn't find him and, and could we clear up that confusion. And the road name change was meant to do that. And okay. so Red Maple Place is what that small section will be, and the pool will be addressed off Red Maple Place. So. Okay. And then the, the final thing they did were a number of board appointments to the Historical Commission, the Parks and Rec Advisory Commission, the Thomas Nelson uh, Community College Board, our WADA uh, Board, and the Peninsula Alcohol and Safety um, Associ uh, Association. So those were their board appointments um, and really the end of their meeting, June 22nd. Uh, a couple of things, and not to get into the full agenda for the July 13th Board of Supervisors meeting, but there are two big items that I think the community would be of most interest in is the comprehensive plan update. Um, it's been, we've been talking about it for more than 18 months. We've had a lot of public input, even in spite of COVID, we've had really good feedback from the public. Uh, the planning commission held their public hearing in June. It was approximately four hours long. So a lot of comments and a lot of discussion. So I would expect we will have something, maybe an abbreviated version, but at least an extended discussion with public hearings and comments on the comprehensive plan at the July 13th meeting. The other area that we've gotten a lot of comment over the years is our cable franchise agreement with Cox and why don't we require this and why don't we require that. That franchise is up for renewal. It is for cable only, so we can't uh, regulate broadband service. It is for cable only. 
Um, and we are uh, working with other providers to bring in competition, which is what we hear an awful lot. But some of what we hear, and I'd at least like to share some bullet points of what the cable franchise is and is not. Okay. Uh, because we hear people say, why don't you require Cox to do this? And why mm-hmm. can't the board require that? We do approve the fan- franchise agreement for cable TV that allows Cox Communication to be in our community. Um, but it is not a monopoly. So we're not a granting an exclusive right to Cox. If another provider wanted to come into James City County, I believe our board of supervisors would be very open to that uh, granting a franchise for cable TV to another provider. So I think that just want to make sure we've actually reached out to all the other providers we're aware of that operate within the state of Virginia and said, we'd love to talk to you. And so we are talking to a few. We've had a few respond to that uh, and we are doing that. Uh, The franchise agreement does not address internet or broadband services, as I mentioned. The cable franchise agreement can only address the provision of cable television services in the county, and it does not establish rates, so we have no ability to control cost. Uh, The agreement allows Cox to continue to offer cable television services in the county. I think we all would say we would like to allow someone, Cox or otherwise, to provide that service, and it does. It does require Cox to provide cable service to public facilities, meaning schools and county facilities, uh, and they're providing that at no cost to us. There is some savings to the community with that. It does require uh, Cox to offer cable service to areas of the county with an average of 24 dwelling units per square mile, and I believe they meet that in almost all parts of our county. It's not to say every home is served, but where you meet that density of 12 units per square mile, they are serving those areas. And so we continue to work with them on how to get service to some of the more remote areas. There was some COVID funding that helped us work with Cox to provide outside funding to extend their services to homes that had students in them. Mm. And so we did a number of those in the fall of 20, and we still are looking for opportunities going forward. It does require Cox to provide three public access channels. Those for us are currently 46, 47, and 48. And it does require Cox to maintain a local office and a toll-free telephone number so their customers here in James City County can go to their office or can reach them via telephone. So those are the kinds of things that we get into in terms of what we can control. Mm -hmm. And it's very limited as compared to what people think. Mm -hmm. But it's not a monopoly. We are interested in other service providers. Generally speaking, based on our survey and our review of Cox, and we hired some outside services to look at Cox and evaluate their service. Generally speaking, their service is reliable, um, and they are meeting the the terms of the existing franchise agreement. And again, we're very limited by the federal requirements regarding franchise agreements on what the board can require. But I know the community has had interest because we've heard from some already, Mm -hmm. uh, and that will be a July 13th board discussion. Well, and I think if I could interject that that is one of the most common misperceptions that's out there on, especially on social media, that James City County has done this monopoly, which is not true. And that James City County is getting rich off of this franchise. And that is also not true. And so we would just ask for people, if you're on social media, if you're on next door, you see somebody say something and it's incorrect, please help us by spreading the correct information. And again, referring people to the July 13th meeting coming up for more information as well. Absolutely. I think those are great points. And again, a lot of it's understanding and what mm-hmm. it does and does not allow. And um, the board wants us to have good service from telecommunications companies in, in, in our county. They want that. They're, mm-hmm. they're promoting competition. They're working with them to get others here. Uh, but Cox is a good provider. And if we didn't have Cox and we didn't have service at all, that would be worse. So right. I do want to thank Cox for their time in our community and serving it. We'll continue to work with them, but we're also, to your point, willing to work with others. Yep. 
So a couple other things ongoing, and um, you will hear more about those in coming meetings with the board and coming podcasts. Uh, we are doing a solid waste study. It is currently underway. It's just started. We have talked about it over the years of providing better or, more, I guess, more service to, at the curb, meaning uh, garbage, recycling, bulk pickup, appliances, loose limbs, leaves, all those kinds of things that some other communities are providing. So we have hired a consultant to take us through what that would look like, what the options would be, what the costing would likely be, uh, some questions for our board. And again, we will start some discussion uh, at their July 27th meeting will be what level of service or do we want to just do garbage or do we want to be able to pick up anything somebody puts at a curb? Um, who are we going to require to do that or not? Is it going to be all residents or all households, or is it going to be a voluntary program? And those are big questions. One that does requires all to participate will be much more cost-effective than one that allows voluntary participation. So we've got to work through what that looks like. And then where? Do we provide the service countywide, which some have suggested we should, or do we provide it maybe just in our primary service area, which is where we have said we will provide water and sewer and we focused more development and is more densely developed. And mm -hmm. so those are some of the big questions that we've got to answer. And so we'll look to the board and the community for some commenting on that. And then we'll get more into the details of cost and how that might look, whether James City County does the service ourselves, meaning we buy trucks and we hire people, or do we contract that out with somebody, a waste provider that's already in that business and just have an annual contract that might change every so many years, such as we've done with recycling. And those contracts have worked pretty well until you have to make the change, right? And mm -hmm. when you make the change, that's a pretty unsettling time, and yes. then it settles back out. And so those are some of the things we'll talk through with our solid waste study. It is hoped to be completed in the fall. So okay. by the fall, the board would have, I think, very good information on which to base a decision and make a determination. So it's not imminent that's going to happen by December in terms of the service. If in the fall the board said we'd like to move forward with it, then we would develop a timeline. It probably would be no earlier than the summer of uh, 2022 okay. at the earliest. And it might be later than that, depending on how we implement it. Well, and I, I'd like to interject again with this, that there is a company that currently provides solid waste in our community. And it has a name that sometimes makes people believe that it is a county sure. provided service. And in fact, the other day, I got an email from someone who was very angry, understandably so, because we hadn't come to pick up her trash yet. And so I think that that's something when you see those trucks rolling through, it's not us. It's a private company. That's so. right. That's true of all the solid waste pickup mm -hmm. today. We do have a bulk service truck that is right. a James City County vehicle that you can request. And for mm -hmm. $75, we'll pick up a pretty big load of yep. debris that you've put at the, at the street. But that has to be scheduled. Outside of that... All the garbage service going on within the community are private providers. Right. And um, we do get credit for that sometimes. Some, and so <laughs> we do try to help people understand, and we do try to advocate for them with those companies, and we'll continue to do so. But this could put us in that business and really be the one responsible, okay. or maybe we'll continue as we currently are. But that study is ongoing. Okay. We talk a lot, awful lot this year about mowing. Um, and, you know, I've heard residents right. say the county should do more. VDOT does the primary mowing of their roadways. We do some maintenance along some of the more landscaped areas, in particular along 199 and Monticello. So that is some, our contractor doing that with local funds to sort of have an enhanced level of service. We do put money into VDOT mowing so that they mow more frequently and they do more litter pickup. And so I just want to let the community know we do put local funds 
to, to address those issues. Um, it really is an endless effort mm-hmm. um, from mowing because as soon as you mow it, the grass is still growing tomorrow. In a week, <laughs> it looks like it needs it again. Right. Uh, we recognize that and are trying to up our level of service to sort of meet the community's expectations and needs. And then litter pickup. You know, we have a Clean County Commission and Ms. Peg Morvin who advocate all the time for people to clean up, to not litter. Uh, that is a continuous effort as well. And for those that have been in the litter pickup business as a volunteer or as a paid someone, you clean up a roadway today, and in a week or two, unfortunately, there is trash there again. And so it's a really an awareness issue and getting us all to be more aware and not allow trash to leave our vehicle. And then it's a constant effort to pick it up and to increase that resource. We've had some level of success with jail staff bringing out inmates and supervised and picking up litter along our roadways. We are working with the jail to try to do more of that. And so our board has been uh, at least in theory, supportive of that concept because they're very concerned about mowing and how things look mm-hmm. and the litter and trash within our community. And so we'll continue to focus on that. Um, we're also working with the change in early voting and our voter registrar and the need for a, a 45-day voting space and having parking and those kind of facilities. Uh, the current voter registrar officer on Palmer Lane just isn't really set up for that. She doesn't have enough space inside the building that would accommodate early voting in mass at all. Her parking lot doesn't allow that. We have been working on solutions. We've had a number of conversations with the board over the past year with several different options, and I hope that we'll have a recommendation July 27th. So we'll have more to share with the board and the community about what I think will be a very good long-term solution for the voter registrar. So just a little pre preamble to what I think will come uh, at the later meeting in July. Our, our marina project still ongoing, uh, not a whole lot of change. We had some delays with some soil issues. It is back on track and work is proceeding, and we do expect that project to be completed this fall or late fall, early winter. So, again, excited to have that one moving forward again. Um, a number of uh, projects are in our FY22 budget that are, will be sort of behind the scenes underway, uh, and then some will be a little more visible in the years to come. But I did want to point out we have a couple million dollars in building maintenance and replacements kinds of items of mechanical equipment, whether they're air conditioners or chillers or things of that nature. So not a lot visible, but needed maintenance items within our buildings that the county owns. Uh, we have about $1.9 million for Chickahominy Riverfront Park. 600000 of that is for the replacement of the fishing pier, so I think that will be a project that could be started later this year, uh, and then some other improvements within the park. We do have improvements to the police department firing range, about $400,000 set aside to improve their firing range, and I think it's been long needed by the department, and so I'm excited to have funding to move that forward. And then a number of replacements in our fire department for medic units, a rescue truck, and the cardiac monitors that we use. So again, uh, we are uh, moving forward more like a normal budget year as compared to last year. Um, and then the, the last item I really want to touch on, Renee, was just talking about county finances and just reminding the community that the county financially has weathered COVID very well. Our, our meals tax and hotel taxes suffered, as did those businesses, but our sales taxes really exceeded our projection for FY20. And so I expect we'll end FY20, which ended at the end of June, and we'll have that number soon of how the year ended. But our projections was were that we would end with a significant surplus, meaning in the five plus million dollar level. And so I expect that will be where our uh, June 30th into fiscal year number it will be a good number of adding more to our fund balance. And on top of that, we've had the CARES Act funding that Congress provided last year. Uh, it was $13.2 million. It had an initial expiration date of December of 2020 that extended to December of 2021. Uh, we have about $3.4 million left there that we will use in one form or fashion by the end of the year, so by the end of 2021. 
And then the American Rescue Plan Fund that was approved by Congress earlier this year is $14.8 million for James City County. We have received half of that, and we will receive the other half next year. The rules really are still being developed at the federal level, and so we have waited to spend any of that money. Uh, we will talk with the board in, at their July business meeting on the 27th about broad areas to spend it, but we have until 2026 to spend that money. So we have a much longer time horizon and we just, we don't want to move too quickly with it. But from a financial perspective, our local revenues have held pretty well. Uh, the CARES Act and the ARPA or the American Rescue Plan funds uh, certainly uh, make that mo more robust for us and maybe allow some acceleration of some of our CIP projects or maybe funding them with cash versus borrowing that might have previously been considered. So uh, more discussion to come on that. But I do want to just reassure the community that I believe the county to be in good financial position today uh, in spite of COVID or maybe some of it because of the federal funding that came as a result of COVID. So I think that's enough. At least it is for me, and I'm out of my notes. So, Okay, well, I have a fun kind of question to ask today because we're bringing those back. Oh, well, great. Okay, but slowly. So there has been a lot of horrible, horrible things that have happened in the past year, and especially with COVID, many, many lives lost. Sure. But there's also been some silver linings, you know, some things that you didn't expect to have happen or anything like that. So do you have a silver lining for this past COVID year? Wow. A silver lining. You know, I, I think for me, there've been a lot of things from the, just benefits to the workflow of, of some of the video conferencing. I would have never been very excited about that before. We've all done a lot of that. And right. while it's, we've overdone it through COVID, it does have a place and it does make some other. And I'm not calling that a silver lining. It's just one of those things I didn't really expect to come out. Right. I'm much more comfortable wearing a mask than I ever thought I would be. So right. that's another maybe comfortable thing. Through the winter, mask wearing was really nice. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was much warmer. I think as I get into maybe the real silver lining, it did. Um, I have a fairly small family. And again, through COVID, we stayed fairly close and saw each other. I hate to say more, Mm -hmm. But we saw each other a lot. And for mm -hmm. me, we weren't, we didn't have some of the outside distractions of going to a place. So we were going to each other's home um, and just sort of enjoying being with one another. And I think for me, you know, friends and family are a big deal. I didn't see as many of my friends through the past mm -hmm. year, but I still stayed fairly close with my, my mother and my kids and, um, and wife. So all those things were really the, the upside for me in regards to COVID and hope to continue seeing them frequently, which mm -hmm. I expect. Uh, but maybe in a different place where we'll have some distractions and maybe not as not quite the quality time we've had this past year. So, all right. Well, that's a really good way to put it. I like that. <laughs> all right. Well, good. I like that. Okay. So, did you learn anything new? How to do? Did you were you part of the sourdough group? Were you? Did you start puzzles? Did um, you do anything like that? You know, I'll tell you, I didn't make very good progress. We we started a year ago thinking maybe we'd grow a garden. Mm -mm. Um, if we'd had to eat from the garden, um, I'd be a lot thinner because <laughs> we didn't have a lot. We didn't have a lot come out to eat. So I wouldn't say that was successful, okay. but it was uh, a fun effort. Um, you know, what I will tell you, uh, one area that I didn't expect to learn a lot was uh, vaccinations. <laughs> and while that wasn't on a personal side, on a professional side, I learned an awful lot. Yeah. about vaccines and the process and setting it up and all the behind the scenes stuff that has to go on with the health department and the providers. Mm -hmm. And I have a much better appreciation for that. Yes. So a lot of my effort went into that for several months, as did a number of us. But, yes. um, you know, there's some good memories. I'm glad mm -hmm. most of them are memories now. But right. uh, uh, I think I'm always on the upside of, of life. And 2020, while it's had its challenges, it had some upsides too. 
Okay. So do you have any big plans coming up for the rest of the summer? Um, you know, anything too big. We, we're we a, a couple and family that takes very, we like to go on short trips. And so two or three days here, two or three days there, uh, where we can find inexpensive flights. We're ready to do those kind mm-hmm. of things. But it will be nothing too over the top, just a short visit here and there to see some new sites. All right. Well, that sounds great. I hope so. And I hope others are able to get out and figure that out for their families as well. Because uh, um, still have to be cautious, maybe, mm-hmm. but it's much better than we were in 2020. Absolutely. And for those folks, you know, there are a lot of folks that just got one of the two shots. Definitely go and finish up your shots. So that's important. Uh, we've come a long way. Yes, and our we community have. in James City has done extremely well. There's still folks that I know are wondering and worrying. And again, I would push them back to talk to their doctors, make the right decision for them. But I believe, as you've shared, that most of us are better off being vaccinated than not. And so that really is a personal decision. I know folks struggle with it, but talk to your medical provider, get good guidance, um, and we'll go forward. All right. Very good. Well, hopefully we will never have to use all of this immunization knowledge that we have now. <laughs> I agree. If I never hear the words emergency use authorization again, I'll, I'll be just fine. That'll be great. <laughs> Me too, Renee. <laughs> all right. Well, Scott, as always, thank you so much. It's so nice to be in the same room. It is. Yeah. It is. All right. So you'll come back next month, right? Uh, if, you, if you'll have me, I'll okay. be happy to come of back. Course. Of course. All right. Thanks, Scott. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please be sure to go and subscribe. That way you will never miss one of our episodes. And also while you're online, go to jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to find all of our shows. I believe that this is 150. Wow. Yeah, I should have brought that up earlier. Um, You'll find all of our episodes as well as a forum where you can give us show ideas, feedback. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much, and we will talk with you next week.